0: Welcome to Thrive at Work, a podcast which offers insights and latest employment trends to help employers attract, retain and develop great people with me, Polly Rathbone-Ward. With special guests, we're going to be discussing the many and varied aspects of HR, from practical topics to overarching cultural themes. We'll be looking beyond traditional styles of management to bring new and people-centred ideas to forward-thinking organisations that want to shape a new future where people can thrive at work. Hello and welcome to this episode of Thrive at Work. Everybody wants their organisation or team to be happy, healthy and high-performing, but what does this mean within the ever-changing modern landscape of work? I'm really pleased today to be joined by Mike Jones, who's the founder of Better Happy, a business which enables managers and employees to improve health engagement and performance levels. So welcome Mike, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi Polly, thank you for inviting me, for having me on, it's a pleasure.
0: Um, so let's jump in and um, would you mind just t- talking about Better Happy and, and what, what the business is all about and how you typically work with clients?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, So Better Happy was founded back in 2018. um, And really, well, our vision is every business, every employee happy, every business thriving. So we really focused around if we can improve the health, engagement and performance levels of employees, we can improve the quality of businesses. And really, I believe that uh, in the modern day lives in which we live now, um, being healthy is more challenging. It's a new challenge for us. um, And The workplace, I believe, is actually placed optimally to support that, whereas most businesses see it as a challenge. I think it's a huge opportunity. And what we typically do is we provide training for managers and senior staff members, employees as well, but we tend to target uh, managers and senior staff members around three areas, which is health, engagement, and performance, because we believe that all the tools are fantastic, such as surveys, software, apps, um, employee perks all of these things are fantastic but if we're not actually investing in developing and supporting people in senior positions to know how to improve health to know how to improve engagement, to and how to uh, prevent burnout then actually all of these fantastic tools aren't going to be much use which is what the data is suggesting at the moment that it's not working very well because we're missing out the people aspect so we really focus heavily on the, the training of, of, of people to improve across those areas
0: okay great thank you so what data were you just referring to about you know you don't think it's working very well what do you have any data you can refer to
1: yeah well there's tons of data out there lots of companies do do their own research so there's lots of um lots of different data sources the problem we do have obviously with data is obviously we've, we've all got biases and so we might choose to report on what um supports our claims but something that carries a lot of weight is gallup um they <laughs> Gallup are like a leading company in the world We a, a, a global leader of collecting data from workplaces, from employees, from businesses. So they're, they, they carry a lot of weight in what they say and what they report. And they've just done the um, State of the Global Workforce report for 2022. So they surveyed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And um, they found that employee engagement levels in the UK uh, for, for that reporting period, so 2021 to 2022, are down 2% from 11% to 9%. So that implies that at the moment from Gallup's data, obviously they haven't served every single person in the UK, but uh, that implies from their data that 9% of all of our employees enjoy going to work and feel energised by their work and are committed to the company. 91% of employees go to work because they need to pay bills and it doesn't really fulfil them with energy or passion or purpose.
0: Gosh that's quite a staggering number isn't it and do we know anything about the cost of disengagement or the cost of you know if employees are not fully engaged in their work is there anything about that?
1: Yeah the, the there's lot again there's lots of data the data that I tend to share in my workshops is actually the data from Gallup from a couple of years ago that shows the benefit oh. being so they compare similar companies um, mm. and they look at what's the difference between a company two, two companies or, or many companies where some of them are in the top quartile of employee engagement levels versus a similar company in the lowest quartile. And the, the statistics are quite quite stark. So um, 20, 20% increased productivity in the company with, with 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 the higher levels of engagement. 65% less uh, employee turnover. That's pretty significant. Uh,
0: wow, it is, isn't
1: it? And then other things like 10% improved customer ratings, um, 40% less safety incidents. You know, so when people are engaged, they're less likely to be switched off at work and fall over and hurt themselves. Um, and then ultimately that, that transpires to about 20% more profitability for the companies that are in the top, the top quarter. This isn't just income, this is profit. So the, the income will oh. be more, um, but yeah, 20% more profit for a company that's in the top quarter versus the lower quarter. So it, it's significant. I think for most employers, that profit is going to be a big one, but also that, that outside of the profit, it's that turnover piece. Like we all know that losing a member of staff is, is hard for everybody um a 65 percent reduction in the companies that were less um turnover in the companies that have got high levels of engagement i mean that's that's worth it in itself isn't it for, for, for small businesses you know one losing one employee is a massive headache and a massive cost so reducing, yeah. that by, reducing that by 10 percent for most companies would make quite a transformative um outcome in the, in the in the performance of the business and the sanity Definitely. of the people working within it <laughs>
0: Yeah, there are all those hidden costs as well, aren't there? Like the dip in morale of the team that someone's just left, yeah. the dip in productivity of that team, the training time for the new employee while they're getting up to speed after someone's left. Yeah. Um, there are so many costs. Um, yeah, are absolutely right. And they're quite significant, those statistics, um, aren't they? And particularly with a small to medium-sized business, that could make a real a real difference. Yeah. What's the link then between health and engagement? Ta- talk to me more about that.
1: So I actually started um I used to own a gym that was my original that was my my first venture uh, and I wanted to do more stuff for businesses started off doing workshops all around all around health so the workshops we did were around health because we know that health levels are quite low in the uk in general we know that mm. sixty or sixty five percent of the UK are um, overweight or obese and um, that's a number that's that's going up we know that one in four working professionals struggle with their mental health. Um, at least once a year um there's when the 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 prescription of antidepressants is just through the roof it has been year on year um i was just reading a book on it recently and this isn't a statistic but um it's showing that um antidepressants are so widely prescribed in the uk now that you can't test our water without finding traces of antidepressant because it's been urine oh wow yeah even though the data suggests that antidepressants aren't overly that that effective for most people so um we know that health's poor and obviously that that that's something that really interested me and I wanted to do something about so I was going to a lot of businesses and I was doing workshops around health um movement nutrition sleep and, but I came away from and, and we had really really good engagement levels staff really engaged with this training I think we I think I think we're particularly good at pitching it at the right level we talk about health not fitness about stuff work working around the the, the work and busy professional not just going there and saying you need to be going to the gym and eating chicken and rice you know we, we're a bit more pragmatic <laughs> with it yeah uh and um i was coming away from these workshops and listening to the feedback from people and something something kept striking a chord with me um that was that it doesn't matter how much somebody knows about their health if they're not enjoying their work because we spend 50 percent of our waking hours at work so if i'm not actually enjoying my work i can know everything in the world about being healthy but it's not going to work for me it's not going to make any difference oh. uh, and this is something that i realized myself you know i had burnout with my first business and i was a fitness coach i'm like well actually i do know pretty much everything not everything but i know a lot about being healthy but my but but i'm burning out at work so it, my health is going down and th- that really opened my eyes so I'm like, actually if we don't address the engagement piece then the health piece is almost useless because. Oh. If somebody's tired by the by tired and not engaged and not driven by the work that the the place where they're spending at least fifty percent of their waking hours Monday to Friday, then all the health stuff in the world isn't going to help. So, I think the engagement p- precedes health. Really, I think if somebody's coming away from work energized and feeling positive about themselves, they're going to find it a lot easier to go and improve their health. If somebody's coming away from work tired and fed up and and feeling unfulfilled, they're not going to have the energy to go and improve their health so I think they I think they're in, inextricably linked and I would actually argue mm-hmm. that I think engagement in work is more important than just focusing on health because I think that the, 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 the Passover is huge.
0: So do you think the two are linked the more engaged someone is the more likely they are to be invested in their own health and well-being?
1: Yeah and there's data again from Gallup to support that saying that when people are more when people are engaged at work they're like three times more likely to report being happy um so the, there is data to support that and, and really on a like ignoring the data it just makes sense on a logical level doesn't it people that enjoy their work mm. are much more likely to go away and, and, and be, be healthy there are of course people that enjoy their work and, and aren't healthy but um, um I, think, I think the chances of you being healthy are significantly improved if you're enjoying the work that you do
0: interesting great thank you mm-hmm. Um, we you've already touched on burnout. There's a lot of uh, talk, and I've read a lot about employee burnout and overworking. Um, I don't know if it's a sign of the times coming out of the pandemic. Um, talk to me about about that and and the signs of sort of early burnout, so that employers can look out perhaps and and take preventative measures, and maybe the cost of employee burnout. Talk to me more about that.
1: Yeah, I think. I think burnout's a really important thing to be thinking about now. Um, I do think we have a tendency to label stuff and, and get scared of it. So there, there are some potential negatives, but think about an engagement line. Think about a line of employee engagement. And at one end, we've got disengaged. So we've got something that can't they're just doing the job because it pays the bills and they're disengaged, you know, they, they don't go above and beyond. They they, um, you know, they don't meet new ideas with positivity. They're, they're, they're hard work for managers so um that's disengaged now actually uh, that's where a lot of companies will focus their efforts because like we don't want disengaged employees because it's not helping us grow the business really oh. but also a disengaged employee is very unlikely to to burn out <laughs> Now, on the other end of the scale, we've got highly engaged people, and this is very typical of small business owners as well. So, so, so you'll nod your head to this. Um, but these are people that are very passionate about, and it's not just business owners, managers, leaders, employees, very passionate about the business, very passionate about doing a good job. So they're on the opposite end of the spectrum to the disengaged person. Now it's these people that we tend not to pay too much attention to because they're doing a bloody good job. You know, they're not creating any issues. They're they're fantastic. Nothing's too much for them. They they meet everything with positivity and drive and passion. Um, So we've got the opposite end of the spectrum, but who is it that's at risk of burning out? It's the ones that are really engaged. It's the high performers. Um, So a lot of businesses miss it. They don't even spot the signs because they're too focused on, the staff that aren't performing, the ones that are creating issues, whereas those high performers are slowly um, working working away too much in in the background. So why is why is burnout becoming more of a problem? And um, the, the statistic I share in our workshops is one from HR Review in the UK, which that, that was about a year or two years old. Now that suggested that three quarters of them, all professionals in the UK, report experiencing burnout. Uh, and again, there's lots of Gallup data to support the fact that. Um, people experiencing extreme um, people report experiencing extreme stress every day now and the percentages of that are rising Um, there was another there was another report I found from uh, just from people management um, in in the UK CIPD back and they're saying that the uh, the number of people health and safety executive HSE basically did a study and found that 602,000 workers were suffering from work-related stress in 2018 and 19 and then in 2021 that's jumped up to 822,000 so that's a 38% increase so we know that people are getting more stressed and more burnt out at work and there's lots of data to support it I I think the important place to probably start is why why is this happening now part of it is that we're reporting more so that that's always that's always a part of it but it's definitely becoming more prevalent and (laughs) We, we've got to look at the technology piece, haven't we? And we've got to look at the fact mm. that the line between work and home has become very blurred. And the,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's one factor, but also the speed in which we can work has, has increased, has increased rapidly. Something I, I share with managers when we're doing our workshops is I ask a question, how much do you think technology has increased the speed in which we can get stuff done over the last five years alone, 10 years, so if we, if we went about ten years, maybe a little bit longer to book a meeting, we'd have to go and find a meeting room. We'd have to look on the piece of paper to see when that meeting room was available. We'd have to phone the different people that we wanted to come to the meeting. We'd have to write it down. Today, we put it into Google and press one button, and everybody and that meeting's booked and it's in everybody's calendar. So it's it's it's, it's insane, isn't it? How much things have sped up. Yeah, mm. and when we look, and when we look into that, we're like, yeah, God, it has, hasn't it? And, you know, like if I wanted to speak to Polly a few years ago, you know, 20, 10, 20 years ago, I'd have to phone your landline and, and I'd have to get through to you when you're available. I'd have to send you send you a letter. You know, I I'm, I'm, probably need to get a bit longer than 10 years ago. But then now we've got Internet and we've got mobile phones and we've got text messages. So, again, that's sped up. And then I say, well, isn't it interesting that things are sped up probably at least 10 times from what they used to be? yet we still manage to just fit our work in from Monday to Friday, nine to five. And what, what does that tell us? It tells us that when we get quicker at doing things, all we do is squeeze more in. So if we're working at at least 10 times the speed we used to, but we're still working the same volume of time that we used to, it tells us that really that for most of us, we're probably doing 10 times more volume of work in the same period of time. And someone's got to give, hasn't it? <laughs> Um, I think technology's enabled us to speed up the way we work rapidly, which is great, because we can get more, more done in less time. But our tendency is to just keep cramming more into that time that we've got available. And there becomes a point where that's not very effective and we get diminishing returns. I think small business owners yeah. really, really know what that feels like, because we're the the owners of our week. We can squeeze in as much work as we want, and we're very passionate. Um, so we tend to just <clears throat> to burn out and, and not give ourselves enough time. So, really, it's
0: very, it's very tempting to just do one more thing, or oh, I'll just quickly do that. Whereas, actually, you should be intentionally be taking a break, or actually, you know, closing the laptop and finishing your work for the day. It is very hard and very tempting. But I think, on an individual basis, just going back to what you were just saying, I think we have instant access into you know your world my world each other's world really quickly now via you know whatsapp text messaging on our phones because we're constantly connected to our phones so even though it could be outside of our working hours it's very very difficult to you know if you do get that message to not respond it's really really hard we're always connected and therefore it makes us feel that we always have to be switched on or ready for work and it's hard to then ignore that and actually say right you know actually i'm not working now it's the evening or whatever it is i'm gonna wait till tomorrow but for some reason that's very difficult for us to do
1: yeah and it's because we're we want to do a good job all humans want to do a good job whether they like their companies or not we we want to do a good job because for hundreds of thousands of years that's what enabled us to survive and we want to be we want to be liked by the people that we're around we want to be we want to feel competent in what we do we want to get results you know and that that's just part of human nature and in the past it hasn't really been an option to for that to become a negative because you go home and works off whereas now that part of us that wants to do a good job and wants to get the get the list finished and wants to achieve the goals and get the recognition for doing so there is an option now for that part of us to be connected you know how many of us check our work emails when we're not at work i ask the groups that and 99 of the room will put their hands up all the time yeah? 100%. Yeah. there's very yeah. few people that have got to the point where they're like i'm so disciplined i don't check my work emails so it's an option now it didn't used to be an option it's the same with health potty you know it didn't used to be an option for us to not move to survive for us to eat processed foods for us to compare ourselves to people on the internet these are all new options and they, they haven't been there for most of human history but now they are so we've got to learn we've got to put measures in place we've got to put training in place and we've got to encourage each other to not let that become a negative i'm a really passionate hard working manager and actually my temptation is to check my emails when i'm at home to to just answer the phone because it because i want to support that person okay oh. is that a good thing is that going to lead to you being in the company for a long time is that going to, are you going to be able to sustain that level of performance the truth is for most people no so we've got to recognize that and put some tactics in place to try and stop that becoming a negative otherwise it people will just they'll just work too much spend too much time on their phones burn out and we'll, and we'll just lose them well, at mm. a bare minimum, we're going to lose that performance.
0: Mm. So how can employers um, encourage people to actually switch off? And, you know, <clears throat> we're recording this at a time, it's actually summer holiday time. So a lot of people will be um, going off on their holidays. Um, how can employers actually encourage and prepare people even before they go that it's OK to take a proper break and then to enjoy that proper break so they come back rested, um, you know and fresh and ready to go in their back from their holiday what would you advise
1: i think it's got to start with training <coughs> with managers um
0: mm-hmm. and
1: people that are in those senior positions have got to understand it they've got to understand oh. the challenges you know a key a key thing to addressing a problem is understanding the problem most businesses aren't even talking about why this is happening you can't address burnout and poor health without talking about why we've got high levels of burnout and poor health and what, what a lot of oh. us are doing is we're turning to the software solutions because they're neat and they're and they're and, and they look good. But yeah, tools are designed, technology is designed to support humans, not replace them. We know that, you know, there's more jobs in the UK now than ever before. So we thought that all this technology was going to get rid of all human jobs, but actually what it's done is it's created more jobs because it, it works with humans. So like these surveys you know they're good. I'm not saying I'm not bashing surveys or or software or apps, but if actually if the answer to um, fixing burnout in the workplace was providing our staff with some videos on burnout well everybody would be rich and healthy because all of those <laughs> videos are already already available on YouTube so you've got to train your senior staff you've got to train your, your leaders and your managers around why is this happening what are some tactics that we can do to stop it from happening how can we support our staff to, to not let it happen and that's the key. You've got to have people within the business that are aware of it and talking about it and, and encouraging it not to happen. We've got to run sessions on it. We've got to have that because that's that's what creates the culture. You know, it's the people. Oh. We can put out, we can put out, I was saying, I'm gonna sound like I'm bashing companies here, but we can say, Oh, we gave all of our staff a day off, an extra day off, because they worked so hard. And you're like, that's oh. really nice. Like, and it's I'm I'm sure that staff are very happy for it, and I wouldn't discourage companies from doing it, but If you're doing that, but not providing training and support around why burnout happening, how are we training our managers to make sure they're not burning out, how are they supporting their staff and we're making sure that our leaders aren't working 75 hours plus a week, you know, if we're not doing stuff around that, it doesn't matter how many free days off you give your staff, you're not addressing the, the root cause of the issue. So you've got to provide training. And for me, I mean, I'll give you an insight into what we do with managers. We look at, okay, why does that happen? Okay, we're, there's always a never-ending list of to-dos do, to in any business. We want to do a good job, and we find it hard to say no. So if we don't address that in today's day and age, we're going to be constantly trying to finish our to-do list, which never ends. We're going to say yes to too much work, and we're never going to switch off. And that's just, that's just human nature. So we've got to accept that. And then we start looking at some tactics to stop that from happening. And it's not particularly sexy like the, the to fix this stuff. It's, a lot of it comes down to planning and prioritization. So it's like, what's your acceptable version of work life balance? What does that look like? Plan your week before you start planning your work tasks. Plan your week for when you're going to spend time with your kids, when you're going to get up, when you're going to have time to switch off. Plan that in. Then we look at your work tasks. Are we prioritizing our work tasks? Are we trying to, how many objectives are we trying to achieve? Is it more than, have we got more than three to five major objectives that we're trying to achieve as a team at the moment? If we have, we're not going to get anything done because we're trying to do 50 things. And we're just going to spread ourselves too thin. So it kind of starts around there. We look at things like Pareto principle. 80% of our results come from 20% of our efforts. So actually a lot of the stuff we do, we're just doing because we're used to doing it, not because it's a good use of our time. We look at Parkinson's law, which shows us that a task will expand for the time that we give it. That's a big such one.
0: An interesting one. That's such an interesting one, isn't it? I'm a classic for that.
1: Yeah. If I
0: have a deadline, then I will I will use I will utilize all the time. All the time I've got, and more often than not, we'll probably leave it till quite late in the day.
1: Yeah, so if you um, combine Parkinson's law with a bit of perfectionism and procrastination, then, that, then you're going, your work's going to spread till, till 8 o'clock at night or later. A big thing that okay. we say to, to staff, which you go on social media now and a lot of the companies are saying, we want to fix this. You know, we want to provide A, B, C, D and E, which is great. But actually, a lot of the time, the responsibility lies with the staff as well. And, uh, and i've got no qualms of sharing that with groups because i do it myself uh, so i'm like how many of you will do work in an evening and typically you'll have 50 percent at least of a group that'll be like yeah we do and i'll be like okay is it is it viable that if that that's only happening because you're accepting in your mind that you've got the option to do it in the evening and we're like well yeah probably because as soon as I've mentally accepted that I could do this task tonight at eight o'clock the procrastination is going to kick in the day I'm going to take the pressure off myself to work hard I'm going to check social media I'm going to go and have a chat I'm going to have have an extra coffee whereas if I say to myself if I'm really strict myself say it's not an option to me to work at eight this evening so I have to get these tasks finished between nine and three or whatever time it might be Mm -hmm. my productivity is going to go up and my and my work rate is going to go up so a lot of the time it's the responsibility of the employees to like stop letting yeah. themselves work in the evening
0: mm. <clears throat> yeah so i think with the employer <clears throat> i think they have to create an environment where that can happen where people feel safe to say no um mm-hmm. you know work there at their hours that they're meant to be doing and then say no outside of those times but there has to be an environment where people feel safe to do that yeah. and then as you say i think it is down to the individual to take responsibility actually and say Um, you know actually I'm going to take my break now I'm going to have a lunch break I mean managers and leaders need to lead by example so they also need to have their breaks and Mm -hmm. not be working outside of their working hours because otherwise it sets the tone that that's okay and that's what's expected within that culture within that organization
1: yeah
0: Yeah. brilliant thank you yeah I
1: think the the business owners the leaders they've got like you said they've got to create the environment and the culture where it's um, okay to challenge you know where it's where they're at least asking the questions and you know, how, how many, you know, a lot of businesses think they've got to go and sign up for all this expensive software and invest you know, tens of thousands of pounds to, to address these things. But actually you could, it could be something as simple as, you know, Polly's got 50 staff. She wants to prevent or reduce burnout. So it could be as simple as every week or every quarter, Polly asks the staff, how many of you are working unpaid overtime? Find out how many that is. Why? Is, and then just asking them, why, why is that happening? Well, because, abcd because <laughs> because this task that we're trying to do is too big okay so do we need to reduce that you know and it's not it's not rocket science just just by oh. just by asking people you are creating the culture if you're not asking people and you know that people are ticking away and doing overtime and you're not saying anything about it then you're creating and you're doing it yourself you're creating a culture that 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 makes it that makes it acceptable a manager a manager needs to be driving the message home to their teams that you shouldn't be working in the evenings we should be getting this done in 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 daytime between our working hours or whenever it is that your working hours are if, if that's not happening if you are working why what can we do about that i don't you know sometimes i have to go and do some overtime but nine times out of ten i'm not working in the evenings so why is that happening what can we do about it a lot of the time it's going to be that people's time management skills are, are pretty poor and they're allowing themselves to work in the evening and that might be a, a fallout of the fact that they're a bit of a perfectionist like you just said so we, we, I, I put the task off because I don't think I'm doing it well enough and leave it all to the last minute and do it in the evening. So, so let's provide some training and support around that.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. Um, Yeah, and about holidays, I think there's also employers can be proactive and preemptive and in preparation for someone's holiday. You know, they can set expectations, I think. You know, you're about to go on holiday, In the run up to that, let's see where you're at with your tasks, your priorities. Is this achievable? Can you make sure that you're up to date with this, that and the other before you go? Do you need any support? By the way, when you're on holiday, I'm going to do my best to not bombard your inbox with emails Um, if you don't. If it's not essential that you're you're involved in that thread, um, we can catch up when you're back, you know, setting those expectations and having that conversation before someone goes so they don't feel. Because when I was working in-house, gosh, the day before you go on holiday was always a bit of a nightmare. And then a couple of days after you get back from holiday, you think, oh, my gosh, I've got so much to do so much to catch up on so many emails I might well as well have not gone on the holiday because it's so stressful getting ready for it and then when you come back there's just so much going on and to do and to catch up on and no one's covered anything while I've been off and (laughs) there's just so much to do so you end up it's almost like more stressful having the holiday so I think employers can definitely be more preventative and proactive in that respect
1: most businesses that I work with and this is this is so similar whether it's a massive corporate where you're like oh they must be like have everything sorted out to a small smaller business with 10 staff you see the same problems and the, and the biggest challenges and it was the same in the military when i was in the military most businesses are in reactive mode not proactive mode so they're not taking um, they're not taking time yearly to look at their objectives and say what's the fourth what's the three to five biggest objectives we're going to focus on this year they're not taking time quarterly to get everybody together ask them questions and do a day of planning. And and when you ask them why, they say because we're too busy, why are you not doing this planning? Because we're too busy. But it's a choice, you know, and it it's difficult because it's it's drilled into our subconscious from a young age. You know, we're taught from school to to be successful, you should sit down and work hard from for six hours plus a day, and that you should take your work home with you. You know, kids at five years old are given homework, aren't they? And that's the key, that's the key to success. And actually, it's not that, that worked quite well in the industrial revolution time, but now in a day where we've got to be you know we've got to be relevant we've got to be agile we've got to be aware of what's going on we've got to be adaptive just working hard isn't sensible um it's required sometimes but working smart is more sensible and if businesses aren't proactively planning and prioritizing they're just always going to be stressed and busy and and, and the people within it are going to feel the same you know if you've got you should look at your beginning of the year you should look at your team and be like okay well how we've got this is the capacity we've got but we know that people have got everybody in this team has got four weeks holiday. So let's figure out how many weeks of one person down on the team we're going to be. Okay, so we need to build our, we need to think about that when we're planning. Or the opposite is we just go gun ho work as hard as we can, and then we're just stressed when every person goes on holiday. And it, it, <laughs> it's not good for business, especially when you look at the engagement data, because it leads to people getting fed up, <laughs> which leads to them dropping mm. off productivity, which leads to us losing profits, which leads to us losing staff. So once we recognize that, we're like, okay, us just being busy and working hard all the time isn't good for the business because we're losing staff and we're we're losing engagement and we're losing health so that then justifies to me we should take at least one day a quarter to plan we should take at least two days a year to plan what we're trying to achieve in the business and um, break our objectives down in three to five there's a really good book called measure what matters that shows you how important this is and how effective this is in businesses big and small. Google used something called OKRs, Objectives Key Results. And it basically, to cut a long story short, before they started using that process, which forces them to limit their objectives to three to five across the company, they were trying to achieve 50 objectives. And it's just not, it's just not doable. Everybody's just stretched too thin and no tasks getting finished. But when you start to break it down and be like, what's the three to five big things we're trying to achieve? Um It helps you as a team get organized. It helps you as a manager be able to plan everything before you go on holiday. It helps the business be able to stand on its two feet when people are away. Without that planning and prioritization, you're just constantly busy and stressed
0: such a good idea to actually plan and be proactive in that way because you've got a team of people everyone's going to have a holiday during the year you need to encourage people to have those holidays you know spread out throughout the year that's the whole point I have regular time to rest and recover and then come back to work refreshed mm-hmm. and just a bit of planning around that can mean that the person has an effective restful holiday rather than constantly be worried about what's going on at work and the pile of, e- of emails that they're going to come back to <clears throat> and um and the employer can be a lot more you know plan planned about um how the work is going to get done and how they're going to achieve objectives throughout the year it's really straightforward but i, I agree it doesn't happen
1: most businesses are weird, unfortunately
0: <laughs> so before when you were talking about um you know potentially oh you know an organization saying right we're going to give you an extra day off um And the fact that, you know, that's great, but actually it's not the answer to everything it's going to it's part of the answer but i think it has to be looked at holistically it got me thinking about um you know there's a trial in the uk at the moment about a four-day working week so i think about 70 companies have decided to take on this trial of going to a four-day working week rather than five and people are doing this with no reduction in their pay so it's really interesting trial to to sort of keep an eye on and and see how it's how it's going Um, (laughs) <laughs> i was just wondering what your thoughts about that are and uh yeah do you think it's a good thing do you think the results will be positive
1: <laughs> uh i've had a little look into it i think it's interesting i think it's is it atom bank i don't want to quote i think there's a company called atom bank that have done it and um they saw like a something crazy like an 800 increase in job applications um so they were struggling to fill roles and then just by changing to a, a four-day work week they had a huge increase oh. in roster. we know it's appealing to people Um, and I think as well I've done a a brief brief read on that company and they were saying that actually their their improvement their productivity and everything shot up uh, as well as their productivity so say for them it's certainly working Um, I think it's good that companies are doing it I think it shows that companies are thinking differently and thinking more about work-life balance thinking more about flexibility do I think it's the, the silver bullet solution no I might be wrong but I think it's a simplified, we can work four days a week, but if we've still got this culture around just thrashing everybody into the ground, it's still not going to be a great culture. I've read some interesting data before about how people that report having the best work life balance aren't the people that work the least. They're the people that enjoy their work the most. And I think right. that's something that's important to consider. You know, it's I think you can have people working five, six days a week that would actually report having great work life balance because they really enjoy their work. So my my intuition tells me that. It's not just about working less, like solving this problem of people not enjoying work or people feeling that they haven't got work-life balance. It's not just about working less, it's about making sure that people are enjoying work and thinking about our approach to work and our culture. You know, there's that there's some data from LinkedIn because they do their LinkedIn Global Talent Trends 20, they've just done their latest report for 2022. And it's it's fascinating because basically everyone around the world is saying that they want companies with better culture. so they want investment in company culture and when you look into the data what's everybody voted as being the top areas to improve company culture and the, what we think is that for most people that's going to be work-life balance because that's what media is at the moment but actually that's the second so flexible work support is the second most important area the 48 percent of people voted that and vote that's one of the top areas but actually the top area by far so with 59 percent of votes so that's that's uh 11% more than flexible work sport, people are voted professional development opportunities.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. Hmm.
1: Which yeah. to me, again implies that people are motivated by doing a good job and becoming the best version of themselves. And I think that that's mm. more important to a lot of people. When we think about things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's the top. You know, what? If, mm. pe- if people just want to work less, does that mean that people aren't enjoying their work and they just want to do it less? You know, is that, is that the solution to, you know, is that fixing the problem if people aren't engaged, but we're giving them less work to do? Um, is that the solution to the problem? I think the solution to the problem is making sure that people are energized by their work and yes, four day work weeks might be an outcome of that. might be even less or six hours a day, you know, look at, looking at Parkinson's law. We do normally find that a lot of time that people spend at work is wasted. Um, but if they're engaged then they've got some tactics around how to work more effectively then then perhaps that's just as important as just simply making people work less so Mm -hmm. I think you could debate it for for hours um yeah it's
0: good yeah I think it's a really I think it's a really interesting topic I think um I think it's a start and I think it's uh, an interesting sort of uh it's one interesting mechanism so I mean to give someone an extra day on a weekend is uh, you know gives them that extra time for whatever whatever you know hobbies yeah. leisure caring responsibilities whatever they've got on going on in their life so I think for a work-life balance perspective it's it's it, it seems to tick that box however you're right that you know if the four days that they're working they're absolutely you know they're working many many hours and and you know thrashing them into the ground That that's clearly not not healthy but I think the term work-life balance is interesting isn't it because <clears throat> I think we have our lives and work is part of our lives I don't think it's necessarily particularly if you're working from home um it's sort of all part of the same thing, isn't it? And I think work can have a massive impact on our life, and our life can have a massive impact on our li- our work. So... I don't think it's necessarily a separate thing. And yet it seems to be this thing that we're all meant to be aspiring to achieve. Mm. Um, But I think I've read recently that, um, you know, the four day work week is a sort of, it's a start and it's a step in the right direction, but actually what people really value is the flexibility, true flexibility around where they work, how they work and when they work. So to reduce someone's contractual hours, still not actually (laughs) giving them full flexibility but it's a step in the right direction but it's really interesting really interesting what you said about professional development and um flexibility because uh I think people are looking for you know different things in their in their work now and that's really interesting that that came out professional development opportunities came out top of that survey
1: yeah so there was there was another report from LinkedIn a few years ago that said nine out of 10 millennials would consider taking a pay cut to go to a company that's more aligned to their values. So I think there's a lot pointing in the direction that people aren't just looking for working less or, um, you know, an easier time. They're looking for more engaging work. They're looking for things where they're going to get developed. They're looking for work that's going to excite them and and, and drive them. And it, it makes complete sense, you know, and people used to find a lot of their meaning and value and fulfillment outside of work in our religions and our communities in our tribes we don't do that anymore you know religions less people subscribe to religion we don't communicate in our in our communities anymore most you don't go around many streets and see the neighbors talking to each other we just do it less because of technology but people have still got that inner yearning to do a good job to be connected to people to feel like they're making a difference and the only place that we're really finding that now is, is our work so i think that's a huge opportunity for businesses so instead of looking at this thing and being like oh you know I've got to I've I've got to get everyone onto a four-day work week and I've got to give everybody running desks in the office and I've got to let people work in Barbados you know I, I think don't get bogged down in that I think there's there's think about the fact that people are desperately searching for work that's meaningful enjoyable and fulfilling and even and any company can do that even if you're an ice cream man you know you're making it there's a difference between I sell ice creams to I bring smiles to the face of children every day, you know, or I help people cool down when it's hot. There's a difference between I provide HR services to we help companies get the most from their people and, and grow their businesses through their people. You know, I'm not going to get lost in it, oh. more, but we've all got meaning and value in our businesses. And I think it's so important that we don't forget that and use that as a tool in the pursuit of giving people free through and working four days a week I think those things are great as well but let's get to the fundamental piece of what you do which is you make a difference and people want to be a part of that How, where
0: would an employer start with with that then how you know if there's, if there's someone listening out there thinking gosh this is really important i need to do more about this hmm. how would they even start by you know thinking about what actual purpose they bring or you know in order to then attract people and then retain people hopefully within their business
1: have you got a vision and mission communicated you know most small businesses mm-hmm. don't because they know it in their head but they, they haven't got the confidence to write it down if you don't know ask the people that are working for you why do you work here what what's what 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 attracted you to this company if the answers are you're in my local town and you pay enough for me to pay the bills then you're not doing it well enough you know so start with your vision and your mission um, and and just remember there's help out there for this stuff as well so have a chat with me have a chat with this guy's like benjamin drury from the culture guy who like literally that's his bread and butter like what what is it about your company that people want to come and come and work for you for start start with that i've got a free guide on my site if you go on to betterhappy.co.uk and just load it up it will start to show you how to like ask your people like it will give you like the questions to ask your people um so get your vision and your mission clear if you can't think about how to do that search for some help around doing that but that's the that is the core of everything you can have the best employee experience available but if you haven't got like a kind of core purpose in your business none of that's going to work so you've got to get that heart piece right first I think
0: brilliant thank you we're coming towards the end of our time is there anything any final thoughts or anything you'd like to say that we haven't already covered
1: no not really just, just I suppose the one thing is that engagement employee engagement employee health uh, is a business opportunity it's not a challenge we're moving into oh. a, you know, we're in the 21st century. We've moved away from the industrial revolution. Um, people are looking for more from their work. And that doesn't just mean that you need to pay more and make them work less. It means people want to, they, they, they want to find meaning and value through their work. They want to feel for, fulfilled through it. So that's, that's an opportunity for businesses. So try not to look at it as a challenge. Look at it as an opportunity. There's loads of people out there that want to go and make a difference in the world. And they want to be part of a company where that's making a difference in the world and they get to develop. So So utilize that.
0: And I think the information you gave before about, you know, flexibility being very desirable, but also um, professional development opportunities being really desirable. I think that is is something to think about, isn't it? And, you know, whether it's encouraging your managers to have more regular one-to-one conversations with your people around how are you getting on? Is there anything that you've seen that around the place that you would like to get more involved with because it's it particularly interests you just finding those opportunities to stretch someone and enable them to grow will be ticking those boxes for them won't it and then they're more likely to stay with you because they see that they're being valued they're having those opportunities and you know that can then lead on to whatever other opportunities if they crop up within the organization I think it's having those sorts of conversations as well
1: yeah exactly you know if I if I had two job opportunities in front of me and one was work four days a week it's um it's pretty easy going it's it's a decent wage and then the other one was work five days a week same wage so I'm having to work more but you get to learn loads it's a really good culture and um, you get we're going to put you on courses you're going to be developed you know after two years you'll be at this level you'll be qualified in this you'll be developed at this level you'd have worked to, with all these different people and got this different experience for me personally i'd definitely choose the second one yeah
0: yeah brilliant thank you so much um what if people it? like to get in touch with you how's the best way for them to get in touch with you mike
1: head over to betterhappy.co.uk um there's all sorts of information on there. there's a contact us button as well so it, it's really easy so go just head over to
0: thank you and the reports and things that you've talked about will include the information to those in the notes that go alongside the episode so that's great thank you so much for your time today my pleasure. and it's been great i knew it would be a really good conversation thank you mike
1: my pleasure thank you